as human beings love to tell ourselves story stories and we have to ask ourselves is this genuine and where is it coming from welcome to power up your performance where we talk about how you can learn to think feel perform and live like a champion Hey, hey, welcome to the show. If you have been feeling blah, maybe kind of stuck, knowing you need to make some changes in your life, today's guest will help you begin to make that transformation. Today, I'm talking with Dagmar Bryant, PhD. Dagmar is a UK-based Australian motivational speaker and mindset and transformation coach. Utilizing her knowledge, belief, and wisdom, she has inspired people all around the world to make constructive changes and dramatically transform their lives. Dagmar has graced speaking platforms globally, including in the US, UK, and Australia, helping many people across all avenues of life. Dagmar has appeared on TV and has been heard on radio. She has been published in the Wellness Press and has produced two meditation CDs. Take a listen. I know that Dagmar is going to help you out today. Welcome to the show, Dagmar. I'm so excited to have you here today. Absolutely, Kim. It's lovely to be here. And thank you very much for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity to share some of my knowledge with your wonderful audience. Yes, let's get into it. You are a mindset and transformation coach, and you are based in the UK. Can you give us a little bit of background on how you got started in this career field? Goodness, well, you're taking me back uh, almost 20 years, at least 18 18 years. Back then, I was actually working for patent and trademark attorneys and I was studying law. Having said that, I uh, studied law quite late and there just came a day. There had been all of these things going on with clients and stuff in the office and then I was at a point where I was studying taxation and it kind of just came crashing together. And on this one Sunday morning, I had this aha moment where I just knew I was done. It, it was, I, I knew I wasn't able to make the difference the way I wanted to make a difference. And there, like I said, long there's a long story there with some of the things that happened in the firm, which I probably can't go into because of privacy, but it was just that aha moment when enough was enough. And then did you, how did you know that mindset coaching was the thing? What was the process that it took to get ready to start helping people with that? Do you know, I think people always have come to me. I don't know if it's because I have a friendly kind of look or that they feel some sort of empathy from me, but people have always been coming to me with their problems. In that kind of way, it wasn't a huge leap to go over to a counselling slash coaching kind of capacity, but I did need training and I did go off on a little bit of a woo-woo path Mm -hmm. because even though I was studying law, I had a really good friend who was studying law with me and one day out of the blue, she said to me, Dagmar, would you like to learn the tarot? And how about we do the tarot together and stuff like that? So that was a bit off center. I didn't quite know what to do to make with that. But then I also did Reiki and I did meditation and it kind of it kind of fell together in a nice way. All of a sudden I was in this world that I felt very comfortable with. And 
I found that I studied hypnotherapy and past life regression. So it became one of those things where I was really exploring who I was and what I needed to do to be able to help other people. Well, what exactly did did that look like? So eventually I did get to studying, uh, becoming a health counsellor. And from there, it really went into coaching. In a nutshell, though, it's always been people asking me questions and me kind of not so much offering solutions, but maybe offering different points of view and different kind of perspective. And they go, oh, I didn't think of that, you know, and and that's kind of what coaching is anyway. Right. So were there any big discoveries about yourself as you started learning all of these different techniques? Absolutely. When you start down the path of that kind of a journey that it often brings up a lot of your own stuff. And I realized a lot about my relationship with my father, my relationship with my ex-husband, who's the father of my children. I kind of didn't have that aha moment that I married my father when I married him. And my father was a very domineering man. He was a good German man. So you've got to do as you're told. This is the way we do things sort of thing. And Craig, that's the ex-husband, he was like that as well. And, you know, you go down this path, you think you're marrying someone because of certain qualities, and then they turn out entirely different as you go along. And I did discover certain things about myself that my own journey was about breaking free of two very, very powerful men in their own right. I say powerful in terms of personality. They were strong. They were uh, kind of forceful characters, which in in one way I actually liked because I don't, I don't think I could ever be with someone who is the kind of person who would say, oh, yeah, we'll do whatever you want to do. That That doesn't work for me. But by the same token, I don't want to feel as if I'm really disempowered. And so that's what both of these men did to me. And that was a big learning, a big understanding. Oh my goodness. And that's where I really got to understand my own power that it, you know, it is about following my own path, what's right for me, not, not having other people to constantly tell me what to do because they want me to do things their way. Does that make sense? It does. And so now you spend your time empowering women, right? Is that One of the areas that you work with is, I think I saw on your website, empowering women to live their best lives. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And it, I don't mean it to be just women. I kind of think it's just worked out that way. The people who have been drawn to me for the most part have been women. So I don't want to exclude men, but women have been the ones, the bulk of my clientele, maybe 90, 95% of the clientele that I've dealt with over the years. And what are some of the kinds of things that when somebody first contacts you, what are some of the areas that they're struggling with? What are they looking for help with? Stuck, I think is the main, the key word. They've come to a point in their life, whether it's to do with work or their relationship, usually it's those two, those two are the big ones, work, career, and uh, personal relationships. And the, the relationships might be with their significant other, or it could be with a family member or a close friend, but they're the two key things that they, they're looking for ways of moving forward because 
they've usually tried a few things and nothing's moving and then they get caught up in the day-to-day. So they need someone to come in and have a new perspective. This episode is sponsored by Iris Digital Media Group. It's a new digital marketing agency that I started with my daughter, Abby. If you feel like your social media posts are not getting the attention they deserve, or if you're so busy running your business that you don't have time to create graphics, post them, and interact with your audience, we can help. We shine a light on your ideas, products, and services so you can focus on your business. We don't believe in cookie cutter marketing or old school sales funnels. We believe every sale starts with relationships. Visit our website at irisdigitalmediagroup.com or follow us on Instagram at irisdigitalmediagroup to see how we help businesses just like yours. How else do you describe that? What is involved with getting unstuck? What are people stuck on? They just don't know how to move forward. But beyond that, is there anything else that you could add to elaborate? Absolutely. And I think this is where some of my um, key messages for this afternoon are going to come in. And the first step, and I call it the first step to to understanding this issue of empowerment, because that's the other thing. Even though we call it stuck, they're often feeling really disempowered. So. One of the key things for me is trying to understand or help them understand who they are and where they fit in in things. Why have things turned out the way they have? What have they tried? What haven't they tried? What is it that they actually want to achieve? You ask me about people saying that they're stuck but usually they're generally stuck because there's a part sometimes we tell ourselves we want something but we really need to go into our core to understand do we really want that you know that kind of um that thing you know when when we have new year's new year's resolutions people say oh i want to lose weight oh i want to give up smoking and then they realize that it's three weeks later into January and all of a sudden February's around the corner and nothing's happened because they haven't taken any action on those things that they said that they were going to do. And it's coming to that understanding of do you really want what you think that you want? And we have to get to the core of that first. And I do you want do you mind if I tell you a story? I would love a story. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this was many um, this was many years ago now, and this lady came to see me, and it was back uh, quite early in the piece when I was doing still hypnotherapy for clients, and she wanted to come to me to stop smoking. This lady was in her sixties, and true story, I kid you not, she rang me up. She's appeared to be very genuine, genuine, and hip, in prior to hypnotherapy, you do a lot of questioning first you know are you serious and what are you trying to achieve and she seemed to meet all of the criteria when she gets to my house because I was running sessions from my home it turns out she says to me I haven't told you everything and it comes out that she is due to go into hospital later that week mind you this is like a Monday or a Tuesday 
and she's due to go into hospital. I'm pretty sure it was the Friday because she's had complications to do with type 2 diabetes. She's about to have two toes removed for uh, gangrene. And this has all got to do with the circulation and with the smoking as well as the diabetes. And so she's desperate. So she really wants to get off this. But we're doing the sessions. And do you know much about hypnotherapy? Not much. You can elaborate if you feel like it, if it's part of your story. I'll keep it simple because okay. I don't want to make it complicated for your audience. What we do is we do did little what, what I call little finger tests and you put a client into a very relaxed state and then you ask them certain questions and you, without them opening your eyes because they're very relaxed, their eyes are closed, we want to ask their unconscious mind. So I would say to them, are you ready to give up? You use this finger for a yes and this finger for a no, so left and right. And one of the questions I said, well, are you ready to uh, be a non-smoking, free air breathing person? And all of a sudden, the no finger comes up. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, <laughs> have never seen that before. Mind you, she's passed all of the tests that we do, the discussion beforehand. And I thought, well, let's test this again because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not seeing things. So I reframe the question and ask it to her in another way. And guess what? The no finger comes up again. And I said to her, I said, well, okay, we're going to have to bring you out of this session just, you know, as you breathe and we're going to bring you back up to full awareness. And at the end of it, I said to her, do you know what just happened? This is just us having now a discussion. And she said, yes, yes, I do. And I said, well, tell me, what is your interpretation of what happened? She said, I put my no finger up. And I said, well, why do you think that happened? Why do you not want to give up smoking? And the answer came back so simple. It's because I love it. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I know, I know, right? And I guess that is so pertinent. So, and by the way, that's only ever happened to me once. I've never, ever seen it again. And maybe it happened because I can tell this story, but it's so valuable to understand our unconscious mind. We might say that we want something like that lady did to me. Yes, I want to give up smoking. Yes, I'm committed, da-da-da-da-da. But when it came down to it, the answer was I don't want to because I love it. When we're working with clients, we need to get that understanding of ourselves. Where are we really at? That's so important to just dig underneath those layers that we build up on what we think is our truth. We need to get down to our real truth. I love that because that's such a perfect example of an area where you might be stuck. She knew Mm. that smoking was in her best interest, but she couldn't make, take those steps. And so, I mean, that's the perfect definition. So in that kind of a case, How do you help somebody move forward and make those changes that are in their best interest when she says, well, I don't want to give up smoking. I like it. Unfortunately, you can't. It's like I can't tell you what to do. I can guide you through the process, but you have your own mind. And that's the way it should be. You should have your own free will. You should have your own choices, because at the end of the day, 
that's what we are accountable for. And that's actually point number three on, on my list. We'll get to number two. We'll get to number two yet because number two is what to do about it. So awesome. Perfect. When, Go for when it. we, when we understand our own actions now and ourselves, number two is what do we do about it? Now, in the case of that lady, I couldn't do anything about it. She, I had to say, I had to bring her out and say, I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't help you until you decide that you are ready. Nothing I say is going to be able to do to, you know, move you forward. I think the important thing there is that it's actually okay to say, well, I don't want to do anything about it. It's when we feel that we are being pressured into things by other people that often things go wrong. How many times is it that, you know, parents encourage their children to go to college or university, depending on which part of the world you come from, wanting them to do the course that they want them to do? Dad's a lawyer. I want you to go to law school. I want you to be a lawyer. And they get in there and they go, I've just spent four or five years in law school and that's not what I want to do. It's not me. So then they've wasted a lot of time, energy and money on something that wasn't in their best interests. We have to be okay with saying, well, actually, no, I don't want to do something about it. Let me give you another example. Imagine that you want to have big dreams. You want to live overseas. Now, I've been really fortunate to be able to do that. Imagine that you're in that position where you have, uh, for example, parents that are elderly and they're living with you and they need your care. So you might not be able to make your dreams happen at that particular moment. I would say to you, why don't you think about it in stepping stones that even if you can't do something right now, it might not be the right time right now, you can plan for down the track when it will be the right time. So in the case of that example with parents being elderly, well, it is most likely going to come to a natural conclusion. Either they're going to pass away, they're going to go into a home, but at some point you'll be free. So if you have all the preparation done between now and then, whenever then is, then you can step right into the new you once you are free of your obligations. That doesn't mean that you don't do anything now. It just means that you can step forward at some point later. And then like you've already done it because it gives you more control over your current situation when you feel like you're moving forward, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, like, for example, for people who want to have a big career change, you might not be able to do anything about it right now. But Right now, what you ask yourself, what is it that you can do? Well, you can do some research, what's required. You can do some background. You can find out if uh, there's finances, scholarships, whatever. You, you can do all of that background work before you step into it. There's a lot of stuff that we can do even when we can't do anything, so to speak. Right. All right. So it sounds like you're walking us down some steps. What is yes. step number three? Ah, Number three is really important because I call it end date. And do you remember in Har- there was one of the Harrison Ford movies, the temple that you know when he when he played the um, the archaeologist when he said X never marks the spot. Guess what? 
X does mark the spot and he found that out in the movie too because he was looking down and there was the big X. (laughs) And I say to you, X does mark the spot because X is the date on your calendar. If you do nothing, nothing will change. And so you don't hold yourself accountable. Whereas if you put an X on that calendar, it makes all the difference. Let me give you another example. Imagine that you're in a relationship that you're really unhappy with, but there's a part of you that's not quite ready to let it go. You want to see if you can give it one more try. You want to see if you can give it counseling or that, you know, between the two of you, something will make a difference. But if you don't put an X on your calendar, then years will just fly by. It doesn't matter to me or to you really what that date is. It might be the 31st of October. It might be the 9th of April, whatever date. The point is pick a date. And by that date, you hold yourself accountable. And that's the important thing that it it enforces you to take action because if you don't see that things are changing and if you genuinely give it a go, you can say, well, time's up, nothing's changed. At least the years aren't going by and all of a sudden 10 years have gone by and you go, you're you're at that point 10 years down the track and you go, holy moly, crap, I've just wasted 10 years of my life. Yeah, that's a great example. So what's the next step? Oh, that was it. That was three. So they're okay. basically there's three. three so you've got the yeah, so you've got the understanding of yourselves and your your action. And then two, what to do about it. And three is your end date. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you find that people get stuck or have these blocks during transitional times of their lives. For example, my do- I have a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old. And they're kind of all in those special times where there's expectations that follow what happens when you graduate from high school and when you graduate from college and when you get married and when it's time to have a baby and then your kids move out of the house. And it seems like there's a lot of transitional things there where maybe women don't know who they've become. They don't recognize themselves anymore. They don't know what's coming next. And then, you know, as you have aging parents, I I just feel like there's certain transitional times where maybe you're more likely to be in one of those stuck kind of moments. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I would agree. Definitely, I would agree. I don't know if I would pin it down to a particular point, but, for example, once you've had a baby, that's a huge one because obviously that shifts the dynamic in your relationship. Do you go back to work? Are you able to stay at home? Do you go back to the same career? So that's a huge one, for example. Uh, When you get into perhaps your 40s and for some people even their 50s, closer to, I don't want to say retirement, but there, there does come another transition period at around that time where you begin begin questioning am I achieving everything that I want to achieve? And that age is a little bit more fluid because we become more aware of, I guess, what I would call our mortality. The the closer you get to 50 or 60, it's like, well, am I getting everything done 
that I want to get done. Whereas before that, as you say, you're kind of focused. Well, you go to college, you go, you get your job, you get married, have kids. There's there's almost like that natural kind of flow. But again, it 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 varies for people. I can tell you, I felt like I had a midnight life crisis, and I was about 28, and this was in my first marriage. In well, it was yeah, that marriage with Craig, and. I just knew it wasn't what I wanted anymore, but again, I did, I needed to go back to school. I needed to have training. I'd had my kids. I was out of work for a while. So I needed to, I was in that court in that step two. I realized that my life wasn't what I wanted, but I needed to take steps to be able to then move forward into step three and take action and be accountable. But step two was in this kind of phase where I needed to wait. I needed to get ready to make that next step. But it was a huge, I I just couldn't believe it. I'm thinking I'm 28 years old and I feel as if I'm going through a midlife crisis. What's all this about? I'm not planning on living just to 60. I can't be in my midlife yet. There is some life coach that I have seen on LinkedIn who I can't think of what her name is, but she fo- she calls it the quarter life crisis and works with that. people in their yes. 20s to 30s. And I'm thinking that makes a lot of sense. I guess yes. that would be one of those points. Absolutely. What do you do then when people just know that something is off? What do you do to help them find their purpose or their clarity or even you know, like they just they're not happy but they know they need to make some change how do you help them find that clarity and purpose i start off generally and it, a lot depends on the discussion that we have and and the flow of the discussion but generally i start with getting them to look at their values and part of the problem for a lot of people is they think that they have certain values and then they discover oh yeah, that's really not actually me. So we do a deep dive into what their core values are. And I guess another good example would be, imagine if you had uh, someone who had a value of freedom, but they're stuck in a nine to five office job behind a desk. And we know nine to five doesn't really exist because we're all doing more hours, but you use it as an example. Can you see how that value of freedom wouldn't fit with being chained to an office job? So then something has to give, either the job has to go or they have to find freedom in other areas of their life where they can compensate and deal with that better. For example, freedom might be something that they could get if they're going away on a weekend on a camping trip or going hiking or something like that. See how that would compensate for the job if they can't immediately leave their job. Ultimately, they would have to ascertain, is that a balance that they can work with or then does the job need to go for something that gives them more of that freedom? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It sounds like a lot of it has to do with Deciding what's important to you Mm -hmm. and then also thinking about what you can do right now. Absolutely. And then what do you do to help people who still feel like maybe they're they're afraid, they feel paralyzed, they can't take that step because, I don't know, someone might laugh at me, my family might disown me, my husband might leave me, you know, whatever 
those stories are that come into your head? Do you help them examine these stories and decide if it's legit, legitimate isn't a great word, but if it's, if there's face value to it, or if they're taking something and spinning it, turning it into something that it's not, where do you go with that? Well, absolutely. We have to have a look at that because we, as human beings, love to tell ourselves story stories. And we have to ask ourselves, is this genuine and where is it coming from? For example, I know this is a lady that I knew back in Australia, um, her friend, so it's kind of a friend of a friend story, she said, oh, I'm always afraid that my husband is going to leave me. And my friend said to her, you've got to stop thinking like that because the more you think like that, the more that's likely to happen. So we, And then you have to go back, where did that come from? And this is where hypnotherapy and certain techniques in NLP are absolutely fabulous for clearing some of that pent-up um, pent up energy, if you like, and where did it come from and working out, you know, how do, how do we move past that? Because you kind of have to let that go. And a lot of our fears, when we discover that maybe they came from our childhood or from an event that happened in our life, once we let it go and can see ourselves free of those constraints, then it's easier to move forward. One thing that is um, I've heard, and I use this a lot with clients, is to say to them, well, what's the worst that could happen? So in mm-hmm. the example that you gave me, um, you're, you're, you're worried that your parents won't like you or your friends won't like you. Well, why wouldn't they like you? So you, you ask a lot of questions, why, what, how, and what would you do about it? And is this real? And, and you know, you're really delving into where did this come from by asking questions? It's, n- it's never up to me as a coach to tell you the answer. I might get an inkling of where that answer is coming from, but ultimately you've, it's more powerful for you to discover it yourself. When you get that aha moment, you go, oh, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like a light bulb going off in your head and you feel wonderful because you go, oh, I had no no idea. It's it's like that moment that I just, when I discovered that my father and my ex-husband were similar kind of characters. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that I did that. And then it's so empowering when you have those moments. Is there a type of transformation that you work with more often than others? How do you mean? Just is there a, a, a specific type of problem that more people come to you with that they're trying to solve? Is there something that you find that pops up repeatedly? Well, like I said, uh, probably career and relationship are the okay. big ones. And the other one, I will add, I'll add one more actually, and that's got to do with their purpose because people get stuck in things that they get told about who they think they should be and what am I here for is is a big question as well especially as you said around those transition times you think you've achieved all the things that you had initially set out for yourself and then you're finding that you're not completely fulfilled what am I here for I thought it, it's like the person who goes to the to the shop and and decides that they want certain things. So it's that consumer kind of fed I want, 
and then they realize that they're hollow inside because that new handbag or that new those new pair of shoes is not going to give them the satisfaction. So ultimately it's still about working out where does that come from? What is it that's going to lead you to your contentment? What is it that's going to make you feel fulfilled? And that it that kind of trans- transverses across whatever topic it is. If you're not happy in your relationship, you've got to ask yourself, well, what is it about that? Or is it you? Because ultimately you might have a problem with somebody's behavior, but are they mirroring you? Is there something that you're doing to create that? Because you can leave that relationship and guess what? The same problem happens again. And it's almost as if you have to discover what is the underlying lesson or the underlying cause behind that. Yeah, now that's a big one, isn't it? Because you see that a lot where the same problem follows you from relationship to relationship or friend to friend or job to job because there's something else there, but you have to understand better about yourself. That makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. I was thinking though about purpose. I liked the way you described purpose because I think sometimes purpose sounds like this big, scary thing. And we all think we have to have this giant purpose when it doesn't necessarily have to mean the bigger, what giant thing am I put on this earth to do? There's a mm-hmm. lot of, I like, what did you say about contentment? Yes. What makes you feel content and fulfilled? I, I kind yeah. of like that because it takes the pressure off. It absolutely does. Yes. One of the things that I, with, with, I don't even know if I mentioned this earlier, I did do some work with past life regression oh. and I worked with, uh, the Newton Institute, Dr. Michael Newton was a hypnotherapist and a past life regression pa- practitioner. And he wrote books, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. And one of the things that we can understand about that is because these are stories basically that happened under regression, under hypnosis. And these people come back to tell you, well, they go into the into the session and they're able to go into that kind of life between lives what was the message of your life and people as you say think they have to have this big purpose but remember we are all teachers and students at the same time at various points you as a mother might be able to well you would be a valuable asset for your children in terms of what you are teaching them and sometimes it's not even what you're teaching them it's what not to do (laughs) right Right. so you're you're a teacher in that capacity but your own parents would have been your teachers or even other people around you whether that's um, other siblings or family members you have your teachers They're, they're they're all people who teach us so we all take on different roles in each lifetime. So there's many different roles that we we take on and that has a purpose of its own. It doesn't mean that you're meant to be this brilliant physicist or chemist or, or whatever. You're making a valuable contribution by who you are and what you are sharing with the people around you. Yep, I totally agree with that. So is there anything that else that you would like to share with the listeners that I didn't ask you? Goodness, I feel as if we've covered a lot, a lot of ground. 
Oh, I just want to say thank you so much for asking me these questions. You've made me really think. I, I sort of thought before we started that there might be certain things that we covered and we obviously covered people's action points in terms of helping them move forward. I just feel honoured to have been able to share a little bit of the journey. Well, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, where they can find you on the internet? Oh, yes, absolutely. How they can work with you if there's something they can do with you from afar. From afar, absolutely. Well, my my website probably or my Facebook is probably, they're probably the two key ones, although I am on LinkedIn and Instagram. But my website is dagmarbryant.com. I have a number of courses uh, on the events page. I have a monthly meditation group. I have a goal setting course, but you can also work with me one-on-one for coaching. The other thing, um, I've recently started a new Facebook group for, for the fabulous 40s, 50s and beyond. Nice. So we talk about things in that group, particularly, um, I will say women, guys, you're not excluded on purpose, but I'm sure you don't want to talk about, you don't want to be involved in a discussion about gray hairs, for example, that's not (laughs) going to interest you. And all the other lovely things that come at those ages. Exactly, exactly. Women's problems aren't quite the same as men's problems. So yeah, that's a new group. So if you want to participate in that, we'd love to see you in that as well. But it's Dagmar Bryant on Facebook as well. Keep it simple is my philosophy. Sounds great. And I will link all of that in the show notes so that people, if they were driving or out walking, they and they didn't catch that can refer back to the show notes. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great talking. Oh, absolutely. And I hope that there's been something really valuable that your audience can take forward and really help empower them with their own lives. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe as a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.